Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of Sully's Open Conversation, the show that aims to have an unfamiliar conversation in a familiar environment. Today I've taken the very short trip down the road to come and meet with Emily. Welcome Emily. Hello. <laughs> um, I'm not sure actually how long we've known each other. It's been a little while, it's, hasn't it's it? It's confusing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I'll let Emily introduce herself. Nice one. Um, hi, my name's Em. I'm 25. I'm from Epsom. I'm a scientist working at GlaxoSmithKline. I work in cell and gene therapy, which is basically immunotherapies for cancer patients. Um, so we use their cells to treat their cancers um, and target tumours, which is really cool. Amazing. Of research. Um, yeah, Epsom born and bred. We're in Epsom. <laughs> if you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, I live at home with my parents, mum and dad, and JJ. Woo! <laughs> yeah. We love dogs. <laughs> um, yeah, passions kind of traveling. Traveling, I've, I've done a bit of backpacking. I'm a bit of a nomad. Yeah. Um, my next new dream is to get a van and go, go off traveling. Travel, nice. Yeah, so it's. Anywhere in particular? Europe? Europe, yeah, yeah. I think ski in the summer, oh. surf in the winter. Oh, ski in the summer? Ski in the summer. <laughs> Hold on. Ski in the winter, surf in the summer. Wow. Um, that's the new plan. And like convert the van myself. Amazing. Or get someone to do it because I don't have the skills. <laughs> the DIY. Yeah, the DIY is not up my, not up my street. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's me in a nutshell. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, and the way we like to start the show is if you could name a positive experience that you have heard, seen or done recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think a positive thing I've done recently is a bit of an obvious one. I've cut all my hair off. Love it, by the way. Absolutely love <laughs> Thank it. Thank you. I've kind really of taken some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, quite simple. <laughs> um, yeah, I just cut all my hair off. So that's quite a positive thing that I've done. I've wanted to do it for a while. Um, you kind of feel free, don't you? Yeah. There's a lot of trauma attached to hair, apparently. <laughs> so I, I can back that. I shaved yeah. my head in lockdown, which means, <laughs> which kind of says a lot. Yeah. I haven't got buzz cut level just yet. <laughs> I might do. Um, but yeah, it was kind of positive, reinforced by like friends and family that just said I look so much happier and look a lot more like myself. Which yeah, was really nice that's so it. lovely. Um, my sister said that with my long hair, I kind of like even in photos, I'd be like holding it up or like literally looked like I wanted to tear it off. So <laughs> and it now was, you have. <laughs> yeah, it was good to get the razor out. <laughs> Cathartic. Um, very, very. Yeah, so that's been that's been a positive. Lovely, positive that I've done really recently. lovely. Um, so amazingly, you obviously reached out to me when I um, spoke about my, my experiences um, and you sent me that post on your blog, which is just incredible. Oh God, I said like, everyone that blog. <laughs> I'm plugging just, it. Just, I'm plugging <laughs> it. Um, which is just incredible. But yeah, for, for, for the viewers and listeners that wouldn't really know you as you, um, mm. kind of would you mind explaining the experiences that you've you've yeah. been through? Yeah, for sure. I think it's it's probably best to start way back from the, the start of that blog. So that was probably six years ago now. Um, I was 18 I think that's is that how old you are when you go to uni? Start uni, yeah, yeah. 18. Yeah. yeah, so I went to, to Bath University to study sport and exercise science. Um, got the grades that I needed to do. I worked really hard to get the grades to get in and it was, I was really excited for it. thought I'd take to it like a duck to water kind of thing. And um, what actually happened was furthest yeah. away from that possible, really. Um, I was treated for anxiety and depression within the first week of arriving. Wow. So my... my Fresh's experience wasn't the quite uh, the same as everyone else's 
experiences have been but um yeah it was it was tough I, I think I spent more time in doctor's appointments than I did at the students union <laughs> but it was it was a big shock to me because I really kind of yeah it's hard to say but I think I was so naive and arrogant do you think that before. Was was that on setting because of being away from home? Do you think? Yeah. Or? So the, the the main main trigger for it was the was the whole change mm-hmm. situation. Um, I've never really liked change. I, I think I always knew that. I like even changing, like teachers at school, that would that would be a trigger for me. Really? But it, but it wouldn't be like, I'd be so with, within my comfort zone. Of course. That yeah. it didn't spiral into anything crazy. Um, until I was literally completely pushed out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. and gone straight to uni and, and everything everything changed. Like There wasn't one aspect, I don't think, of my life apart from maybe a couple of friends that I knew that stayed the same. It, that's how it felt at the time. Mm-hmm. So I think it just kind of spiralled into a lack of control, um, which, yeah, was anxiety, which then led to a, like a depressive episode, which was really tough and... I think I said that I was naive and arrogant towards mental health before because I, I didn't think it would happen to me. Without encounter, exactly, yeah, Exa- think, and that's the exact same approach yeah. that I had. It, it might be happening to other people, but yeah. if it's not happening to me, it's then not it's not on my radar. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Like, you don't think it, you, you kind of think of yourself a bit invincible, and you're like, "Well, it's never going to happen to me." Um, and I think that's why I was so taken aback by it, and mm-hmm. why it was such a big knock because I was like, "I actually have no idea what's going on." Mm. Like. I didn't know what the feelings were. I was like, just completely baffled by it. It's total really. confusion, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, total confusion. I genuinely thought I was coming down with like a cold, so I was like dosing up on Lemsip, which obviously didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Lemsip cures a lot, but not that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just dosed up on Lemsip, and uh, but my uh, luckily I had a quite few good friends that came to uni with me, and they they kind of saw that I wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the. The main symptoms and the triggers at the start were probably um, just becoming really isolated. Like I was really isolated, and you know, like little uni rooms, you of course, can get yeah. so isolated yeah. in them. Um, what was your flat like as well? Were you friends with the people in your? flat? They were really nice, yeah, mm. but Being it's in just that. so overwhelming. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. A completely different yeah. situation, and then I had a very good group of friends at home that I was very comfortable with. Mm-hmm. And again, a massive change to some to another flat that I hardly even know at all. So. It was, yeah, it was tough and I was very isolated. I think I didn't eat properly, I didn't sleep properly. Mm. I think my logic went completely And that just skews you off as well, doesn't it? Ske- I the mean, whole thing, that's all going on in your mind and then you, and, yeah. and then it starts to affect your physical side and your day-to-day exactly. life and then it, you just deteriorate just spiral, more. Spiral, spiral, yeah. spiral, exactly what happened. And that's why it went downhill so quickly because I think I just, yeah, just wasn't functioning. And then mm. there was other parts of it that was kind of, I just completely lost myself. Like, I just didn't... You don't feel like yourself, do you? I didn't know who I was. Like, yeah. My friend Aiden came round, who started with me at the same time, he came round to my flat, like, most most evenings to check on me because he yes. knew something wasn't wasn't right. And um, We need those people. We need those people. We need those He's people. He's a good egg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he would come into my flat every night and there'd be, like, pictures up. You know, when you're in uni, you put your pictures up from home. And he'd be looking at the pictures. He'd be like, Emily, you look so happy in all of these. Like, you are a happy person. Like, I'm telling you, you are. I just didn't believe him. Mm. I was like, it's not true, Aiden. Like, I'm not, I'm just not a happy person. I'm not okay. Um, and it was just that lack of self confidence. It just completely And you go r- really pessimistic, doesn't like, it? So it's pessimistic. just, yeah. yeah it was yeah, just yeah. completely shattered. And 
if it wasn't for people like Hayden and there was another girl called Lily from football who was started with me at the same time, if it wasn't for them and them reaching out to my family and saying she's not right, it really scares me to think it could have gone another way. Mm. And I, I'm in, in like... Complete grateful of debt. debt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, yeah. to, to those two and, and the rest of my family and friends who gave me so much support throughout the whole thing. Um, so yeah, just spiralled really quickly. It probably, I, it's a blur. I think it was like mm. three weeks in total that I was at uni. <laughs> wow, really? And then came home? Came home straight away. Luckily, didn't have to pay the nine grand. <laughs> Dodge that bullet. <laughs> yeah, I'm begging, like, please, I swear I only went to one lecture. <laughs> um, and we can yeah, laugh just, about it now. And then, yeah, just... I actually didn't. So my parents came up when my friends called them and said I wasn't okay. Um, and they knew something wasn't right, but they didn't want to take me out. They just, they, they wanted me to make the decision. Mm-hmm. And it is a big decision to drop out of uni. And they wanted to, that be on, that to be on my terms. Um, so they, they've said since that they kind of regretted it because they left that night and they said, we just wanted to take you home. But because they were so worried they about don't me. want they, to put that knew, on you yeah they knew and also they knew that I wasn't right they were like mm-hmm. you weren't there like behind the yeah. eyes I wasn't there and they didn't want to leave me and they said it was so hard but yeah I had to make the decision myself and I agree with them for doing that and I'm glad that they did do that um and then literally the next morning I woke up and couldn't think of any other reason to get out of bed other than to go home so this is what I mean by no logic I literally went out with with my phone that was it left all my stuff in the flat and went straight to town, got on a train. Straight home? Straight to London. Wow. Straight to London and turned up at Sutton Station, rang my mum and was like, hi, can you pick me up? <laughs> and she was like, I think she was relieved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she yeah, was yeah. like, thank God you made that decision because I think they would have been so worried mm-hmm. if I'd have stayed there. They were so worried anyway and they just wanted me to make the call. And then, yeah, started Road to Recovery from there. Um, How was, so Road to Recovery, is that therapy? Yeah. Yeah. So, well, it's GPs and therapy and of stuff. Of course, yeah, it's a lengthy process. It's, it's a, such a lengthy process. <laughs> and that was why it was so hard to recover in Bath, because it, it was so hard to get the help. And in a uni environment as well, it's just like, yeah, it's, it's so intense and there's just so mm. much going on. And especially with students away from home. I mean, I think it was in my final year that mm. I actually wasn't even signed up to my GP when everything started to go wrong. Yeah. So like that causes even more problems because and even more stress. Like yeah. it, it can make you deteriorate further as exactly. well. Exactly. So I couldn't I couldn't recover in that environment. Yeah. Luckily, when I got home, I had my GP and had I got therapy through my mum's health insurance from, from her work. It was yeah a tenuous link, but I was. <laughs> A link um, well needed. Yeah, exactly. And I, I went to get therapy I, from a lady in Sutton and she was honestly brilliant. And it took me a while to click with a therapist, actually. Definitely, and I yeah. think it does take a while, but I, I clicked with her straight away. And I think that was the first point that I fully accepted that I had anxiety and that I was going through a depressive episode. Mm-hmm. I think a professional saying it to you and validating your feelings and, and saying, like, this is an actual thing. I think that was the only time that I accepted it. And before that, I didn't want to accept it because I felt I felt really weak. I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. I didn't speak to any of my friends. I had to tell them one by one what had happened because I was so embarrassed. Really? And that's that's why these conversations are so important. Exactly. And what you're doing is so important because there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's not at all. There's nothing to be ashamed of. It's as common as a cold. Yeah, like, it literally yeah, yeah. is common as a cold. And 
it should, there should be no stigma around I th- it. I, th- I think that comes with the illness as well, 100%, is that I'm the problem. Like, yeah. it's, it, it's me, like, there's something wrong with me. Yeah. Why, why is no one else around me feeling mm-hmm. this type of way? Um, Whereas a lot of people are. Yeah, well, they are. It. They just don't. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. talk about it. Exactly. Um, and it's interesting you say about you then started to accept it when the therapist, who is a medical professional, was starting to explain mm-hmm. and under and because it's it, it's amazing having your friends and family around you because they can provide that emotional support. But mm-hmm. it's so important important to have that medical professional sure. insight that is totally kind of um unbiased unbiased. yeah 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 and that was the main turning point for me and that was the point where I started to recover properly and accepting the help was the main thing um probably took me about five months or so Mm -hmm. to recover and I was found myself an impromptu gap year (laughs) (laughs) I was yeah in a gap year now and I dropped yeah I'd obviously dropped out wasn't going back um and then I found my apprenticeship with GSK um which was landed on my feet with it, to be honest. And it's a lot of credit to my old school. I went back to my old school after I dropped out and a careers advisor there, Mr. Gledhill, helped me with finding an alternative route to university because I knew it wasn't for me. And, like, an apprenticeship is so much better suited to me as a person. Like, I like the routine. Mm -hmm. Um, I could come home on the weekends. Like, it was in Hertfordshire, but I... I came oh, yeah, so it's like northwest London kind of... It wasn't Bath. Yeah, 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 it wasn't Bath. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it was. That's what I kind of did, and then ended up on ended up on my, on my feet, kind of thing, really. And um, interestingly, uh, a lot of people have said with me, especially with depression, routine is really that's a key. Thing, yeah. Really key. It's like, again, it is kind of holding yourself accountable to do things. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly, in my in my experiences, obviously, when I was in my darkest places, I couldn't even I couldn't even hold routine. Mm-hmm. Like, I, you, you just yeah, you like can't, you can't function. There's, there's like you, you're not going to lectures. Like there's no way. Mm-hmm. It, Time just goes out. It's physically you incapable. No like physically yeah. incapable. It's not just a mental block where you're just like not holding yourself. Mm-hmm. It, it, you cannot do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that is the illness in the mind. That, yeah. that, that is how it presents it's itself. It's such a clever. It's such a clever thing. It really is. And 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 our brain is so powerful. Like there's no so wonder powerful. that it can cause things like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, and we don't even notice it's happening. Yeah, literally. <laughs> Literally, it's the most powerful thing. And I think when I was saying earlier how I felt weak for admitting it, that I was, I think the ironic thing is people that go through mental health struggles are probably the strongest. Probably the strongest. Um, because it is so hard to mm. tackle your own mind. Mm-hmm. It's so it's, hard. It's, even just saying that, tackling your own <laughs> yeah. mind, is just like, how? how? Like, how, how do you, do you even do approach that? that? Which is why I think therapy was such a great thing for me because mm-hmm. they're trained in teaching you how to unwire those kind of yeah. thoughts. and. That's what I kind of worked through with her. But the main thing about that therapy session when I came back from Bath or sessions was to figure out the reason why, because I had no idea it's why the anxiety cause. happened. So, yeah, what was the root cause? And it, it was because of the change. And mm-hmm. I don't like change and the lack of control that comes with that. And Lack of control. Yeah. Especially with anxiety in the mm. episode that I released just this week. Um, it was with Natalia and she was talking about anxiety and there is a lot of with anxiety it's the loss of control or or the perception that you have lost control Mm -hmm. and then you're like what if this is going to happen or what it's the what if it's the what if that's what anxiety is is, i think my my therapist says it is like it's the what ifs in the future and then depression is more like 
what could it or should have so it's anxiety is the future depression (laughs) it's working (laughs) (laughs) Um, anxiety is the future worrying about what might happen and then depression is living in the past yeah yeah yeah, and the kind of traumas that you've been through and things like that that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah that was that was that and then I started at GSK and didn't really actually have a major episode or a breakdown for for five years or so amazing which was really good obviously yeah. there's peaks and troughs and I, I probably had a few blips here and there but I think because I knew what the trigger was I knew it was change and you knew mechanisms and ways of yeah. combating it well I actually think I forgot them <laughs> <laughs> I uh, knew the reasons so then I'd kind of try and prevent it and like I would I would know to go easy on myself if there was a big change happening or that's, give myself more time that's also and a massive like thing that, like a um, preventative yeah a massive thing is going easy on yourself because especially in our society we've got this like work hard culture yeah. where you've got a grind and especially like, if you're a perfectionist yeah yeah okay. that, yeah <laughs> um yeah it's just like this grind culture where 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 do we where are we allowed to be compassionate with ourselves and just mm. say do you know what i need the day off yeah this is becoming sure. too much this is this is i'm not myself anymore mm-hmm. I need to kind of step back. And, and it's just... what you'd say to a friend, right? Yeah. And Why do you, you not never do... say it to yourself? Exactly. My therapist always says that. <laughs> it's easier said than done. <laughs> it's very easier said than done. But, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a thing that should be, tre- I think, should just be treated as any other illness. And like, mm-hmm. if I had the flu and I was had a head cold, I wouldn't be able to work. Like, And the same thing, if I have a mental health problem and I have an anxiety, like a bout of anxiety, whatever... I shouldn't be expected to work and luckily yeah well the next breakdown my work were very very good they understanding it. were they yeah so I, there was no episodes for like five years um and then about six months ago again another I think it was just it always happens like every five years I went through a lot of changes in my life um one major one being the breakdown of my relationship with my previous boyfriend that was of about four years. Um, That's a long time. It it was a long time and it was a really hard decision. Um, It was a decision that I made to to end the relationship because I felt I hadn't properly explored my sexuality. Um, Which is very brave, actually. It was really hard. And really massive, massive credits to you because a lot of us feel comfortable in a relationship and then... We may not totally feel ourselves, but stay in there, like, again, because yeah. it's a comfort zone, it because it's secure. Yeah. Um, so to make that decision yeah. is um, admirable. So it was... Must be really one of the hard, I think it was harder than dropping out of Bath. Really? To be honest, it was, that was an easy decision. That was like, that's fine, I can go. I know that I'll be better at home. But this decision was the unknown kind of thing. Like, I, I'm making the decision based on my gut, but... I don't know if it, if, mm. it, if I do need to explore it. I don't know. I just have a feeling. It was the what if feeling that kind so of step into the unknown. Away. Yeah, and credit to the ex boyfriend. He was honestly the most supportive guy wow. throughout the whole thing. He actually was the one that helped me through the conversations and wow. helped me make the decision. And that's just a testament to how much of a great guy he is. And also made it so much harder. So much harder. Yeah. That's amazing. Nothing, nothing but love for him, but. You do, uh, like, I've seen it in society and I ha- I'm, I'm lucky to not have experienced it, but there are relationships where 
um, someone gets left because of someone else's right. changing sexuality and then Further they get the bantered and yeah. things like that. Like, oh, oh yeah, you've just, it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But for him to be so incredibly understanding and... It's just him as a person. Yeah. He's just such a nice person. And I think it could have gone later down the line. I could have stayed and then always regretted it. And then we'd have maybe have been married and had mm-hmm. kids and then that would have been an even more complicated Yeah, situation. yeah, yeah. So, I think my instincts just took over and I made that decision and, and that was a big change and not just to my relationship status but also my sexuality and, mm-hmm. and becoming more open with them and accepting it and accepting it processing it it's... I mean I was accepting of throughout the relationship I was it was it was known that I was bisexual and right. Chapman was okay with that um and yeah, it was it was a known thing before, so it wasn't like I was coming out. But um, when people asked me like, what was the breakup for? It was it was then came along with the fact that oh yeah, I had to do this because of my sexuality, and that was that was hard. And that That's was incredibly a big brave, incredibly brave. Change. But um, yeah, that was one of the big changes that happened, and then that also resulted in me moving out of my house in Hertfordshire and moving back here. My apprenticeship was coming to an end, so there was. A lot, a lot of changes, of changes again. Is happening and should have been a major warning sign. But I think for about a month, I was probably in a high functioning anxiety stage. And I was looking back on it now, it was definitely high functioning anxiety. I was just ticking off things to do. And I was just like, okay, let's do this, 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 and this. And then it'll be okay. Because you're kind of convincing yourself that no, I can operate yeah. kind of thing, isn't it? It was 100%. You're trying to sh- You're trying to block it out, really, and much. mask it. Yeah. Masking the emotions and masking yeah. what we're actually feeling is. Unfortunately, especially when you're a very personable person, so mm. am I, it makes it easier for us to yeah. to just hide mask it. over it, hide it. Hide it. And that's the scary thing because then Rather when we do... down. And just being like, look... Yeah. I'm, you... Even with myself and sitting down with myself and being like, okay, have you actually processed it? Yeah, yeah. And I don't think I processed it for about a month. And that's why it then led to a breakdown about a month after the breakup. It was actually the day of his brother's wedding which oh, wow. I was meant to be at and I think that was another that trigger was, yeah because um, it was kind of finalized mm-hmm. um, and I just spiraled so quickly and luckily I was with the girls at the time um, we were hungover which probably doesn't help <laughs> doesn't help the anxiety <laughs> at all like anxiety. I said earlier <laughs> but I think it was it was definitely coming there was high functioning anxiety from for a month before that and um, I knew straight away something wasn't right and I, I knew the feelings from bar mm-hmm. so I was like I know exactly what that is it's almost triggering is it yeah it was because yeah. I was then stressing about getting into that point again yeah. and it was just like a spiral it's of just, like yeah. Yeah, a cycle yeah. it's a vicious cycle and then I just said to them like I'm not right I'm not okay I need to like go somewhere but I didn't know where to go at that point like, I, you, you don't feel okay in your own body kind no. of thing I was like I'm not safe like, yeah I, I wasn't safe at that point I think it went really quickly into really, really low thoughts. It can so rapidly deteriorate. Really low, like, yeah. Really, Suicidal, kind yeah. Of. It was. It was more at that point. It was more the the doubt in my mind about the decision I'd made, and I think it's important to touch on here that like it's it's really hard for people of the LGBTQ plus community 
that you are, you do, you're like conflicting with yourself. One hundred. All the time. It, I I I still call myself out for internalized homophobia. Yeah. Because of growing up, yeah, because of sure. the school, because of growing up in an all boys school where it, it was fun. actually a sin to be gay. Yeah. You'd get bullied for still it. Is, for, yeah. In yeah. many countries, exactly. I mean, you've got Qatar World Cup going. Exactly. We won't get into. We won't get into that. Well, don't get into that. <laughs> but it it it's it's strange, isn't it? It's you question yourself, yeah. which again can be so incredibly yeah. tiring tiring so on tiring. top of the anxiety and, and depression you just don't want to do it like, yeah. and that's what the position I was in I, I said to Aoife I was like I just don't want to go through the pain of it mm -hmm. I was like I can't do it I'm not strong enough I'm not strong enough to go through with this decision I'm not strong enough to 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 be who I am like I was like I'm, I'm genuinely can't do it and then she she literally was like don't say that she was like don't say that you can do it and I, I'll, I'll promise you you'll be able to do it and then she took me, drove me to my auntie's house. All the girls drove me to my auntie's, dropped oh. me off. And then, yeah, road to recovery started again. I um, knew what to do this time. Mm -hmm. So I rang 111 straight away. And I was, I accepted what it was. I was like, this is exactly, this is exactly the same. I accept it's anxiety. I accept it's depression. Um, so I know exactly what I needed to do. And, and I think that was why I recovered so much quicker, because I just accepted it and accepted the help. Yeah. And I rang 111, got a GP appointment for, like, the Monday after. Uh, genuinely, like, the next day or the day after that, 9am, went into the GP, completely broke down. And he was like, well, OK. <laughs> he was like, you've gone through some shit. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yeah duh. Thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> he was hilarious. <laughs> Just made me laugh. But, um, yeah, he signed me off work, actually, for three weeks. Straight away, he was like, you need time, you need mm -hmm. space, and prescribed me antidepressants, which I've been on for six months now, sertraline. Um, Same as me. It's, it's a lifesaver. Yeah, it allows, it certainly, and I say it a lot, is it, it allows you to operate from day to day. Yeah. It's, not, it's not a long-term solution, yeah. um, and it, hopefully a, you can get to a point yeah, where you can wean yourself off them. Yeah, and, for sure. But, but in terms of being able to operate on yeah. a day-to-day -day basis, they yeah. are a lifesaver, so like good. you say. I think my emotions before taking them were either very, very high or very, very low. Mm -hmm. There was no in-between. Whereas now that I'm on them, I think I'm just completely levelled out. And that's why I always say to people when, when they ask me how it is. And that's been so helpful with recent times at the moment. There's There's been a lot going on with my family. My dad's being treated for cancer at the moment. Oh, so that's okay. Thanks. Um, but there's a lot going on and having that to fall back on and also I've had, had therapy as well. I went back to my therapist that I had that had you before, bar, which was also a godsend. And that's so that's also an amazing thing because you don't have to explain your entire no. story again. Which can be so draining. Re, re, like. Rehashing re, it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, yeah. It, it can get quite tiring just doing that but to actually ha have the opportunity to go back to someone that knows your story knows yeah. knows you so have had that relationship with and she knew the triggers like I yeah. didn't have to explain it I, I think I said what happened and she was like half ah, makes sense and I was like yeah and then my therapy sessions this time have been more working on how to cope with the anxiety and actually working through modules and working out what I can do to to sort of cope with it day to day mm -hmm. um and learn strategies to get better and also we touched on the perfectionism thing because you can't have it can't be perfect unfortunately <laughs> no, and it's it so so that. difficult to let go <laughs> yeah. learning that slowly um, it's yeah it, it, it's a process isn't it for sure and 
yeah, it's, it's been good. I think for the last six months, I've been feeling a lot better. Um, and I recovered so, so much quicker than I did in Bath. Like all my friends were Fabulous. saying how surprised they were that I was already like back out within a month. They were like, what? What are you doing here? We didn't expect to see you for at least three months. We were kind of enjoying your time. Wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, it was really. It was also there's such a great support system. Jokes aside, like they were on Emily Watch after that day. Emily Watch. It was genuine Emily Watch. I wasn't allowed to be left on my own, and they'd be like, there'd be someone different round every day, and family as well. They're they're their support is second to none like honestly I, and I'm fortunate enough to have that kind of support but some people aren't as lucky of course yeah 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 and uh, I don't know how those people, I don't know how they do how they, it yeah 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 I'm I'm exactly in the same boat we're yeah. incredibly fortunate to have a a, a network of family yeah. and friends that can be there as soon as you for call sure. on them for sure um, drop everything and they may not know how important that is yeah. but and I don't know I'm sometimes quite awful at expressing how important mm-hmm. it, they are and and what how they do it and what they do yeah um but you just can't really put it into words you can you big shout out yeah, massive shout out <laughs> this is just putting it into words yeah <laughs> 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 i don't have to do it again but <laughs> so you've yeah so you've you've been back to the therapist yeah you're still there still there still with her um it's just helpful at the moment with everything going on at home with mm-hmm. family and stuff to, yeah. to stay level yeah um, and it's really nice to have that to fall back on like I know I've got therapy lined up for a certain day and I'm like okay I can actually I can just, just unleash yeah I can let it go yeah. all there if I sometimes I don't need to let it go but mm-hmm. it's nice to have it there just in case I do yeah because um, actually sometimes our kind of we don't realize we're locking things up and yeah. keeping it keeping it built in and yeah. obviously then it starts to manifest um yeah. and fester sometimes yeah um, and they just which take I, someone asking that question and you're like, oh, actually, yeah. Uh, and that can lead to a breakdown <laughs> because if it is built up and and yeah. that's exactly why I think I, like, I'm going back to therapy yeah. um, is is because I, I, I do feel like I'm sort of kidding myself. Mm. I can go from scenarios where I'm like, do you know what? I reckon I'm in the best place possible. And then two days later, it's like, it's just an up, ups and ebbs and flows. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And and that, of course, is part of the borderline personality di- diagnosis yeah. is that I don't necessarily have, like, really intense, short-lasting relationships, which can be a very um, kind of... Uh, I don't want to say popular symptom. It's a common, common symptom. Yeah. Um, but the mood swings yeah. are very, yeah, definitely very frequent, and which is strange because... Like I say with Sertralin, we were obviously both saying and yeah. sat here that it's worked yeah. it, it, very well for us or, or certainly yeah. to an extent, but some people it, it might sometimes not. Sometimes it doesn't. And that, with, it's, it's not a one-size-fits-all. Exactly. The treatment, exactly. the treatment of mental health. Like an health antibiotic is not, yeah, might, exactly. might fit everyone. However, Speaking obviously... my language here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Getting that biology thrown in there. <laughs> <laughs> right up my street. <laughs> but, yeah, our... our Minds and brains are so, so unique mm. that you can't just throw, like you say, a one-size-fits-all no, thing over it, it blank over it. And that's why you have to work on what works for you. For you. And, and find that out. And it can be hard. I remember I didn't take antidepressants the first time. I didn't want to. I was there like, I don't want to take them. Probably because I didn't accept that I had anxiety and depression. But I was very similar. Before I went into hospital last year, I was literally like, I'm not taking medication. Yeah. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it myself because mm. I'm strong enough, that mm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then 
that was obviously at the point where I hadn't accepted that I was ill. Mm-hmm. I, I was not in that kind of headspace at all. Mm-hmm. I was literally like, well, I'm just going there because actually I think I'm a threat to myself. Yeah. Like, I, I, I'm not okay to be out in society. It's brave of you to say it. So. Yeah, it's uh, like, if I hadn't... I, I look back on certainly the reason why I was then captured by our health service was because I'd broken, I'd broken my knuckle out from an outburst so oh. the agitation and yeah. anger and it, yeah. you experience when you're in that dark place which obviously isn't me at all really mm. mm-hmm. um i thought i'd broke my knuckles then like two days later i was actually sat in the a and e room thinking like if i if they let me out of here i'm definitely going to go and self-harm and do something stupid 100 mm. percent. so then when i it was exactly like you say when i sat down and they asked me how i did it someone said what's like what's going on yeah and that's that's the that direct question that i needed yeah. that yeah. was literally that was literally the question i needed and i just broke down yeah that was that was it yeah. <laughs> um that's what you needed though it's exactly exactly yeah. and it's uh, uh the conversation conversations that i've had is that people say that or or that stigma and prejudice saying self-harming and things like that is att- uh, attention seeking mm. it's attention needing yeah it's a total flip isn't it it's literally like that person isn't seeking attention they They need it it. they need it because they're not doing that just out of yeah that that no one would do that unless unless they were going Mm -hmm. through a scenario that they couldn't understand in their own mind and i think that goes back to the the naivety and arrogance towards mental health and someone saying attention seeking that sounds arrogant to me and i think these conversations are what's so important to break down those stigmas and to f- have compassion for people that are going through it. Like have compassion. It's compassion. 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 It, doesn't, it doesn't have to be empathy. You don't have to no, understand. No, you don't have to understand. You can try to understand, but I don't think anyone does understand it until they physically go through it. And you don't want anyone to do that. But it's compassion that you need and, and just, a, just a shoulder to hold you up kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. It's a, yeah, and you get different exposures in society i suppose because some people because there is such a lack of conversation Mm. people think they're saying or doing the right thing Mm. but could actually be doing the complete opposite yeah so the more the more i kind of work in mental health um and mental illness i did a online course for like three months and it was basically saying that the history of mental illness is that 1960s if you had depression if you had schizophrenia if you had anything, you'd be put in a hospital in the middle of the country, yeah. surrounded by fields and, and nothingness really and just normal. thrown. And that's why it wasn't recognised in society. That's why no one, mm. that's why we have it's a culture of, ago. it's not that long ago. It's really not that long ago. Oh. It changed the community care by like the 80s, I want to say wow. 90s. It's really, yeah. that's, that's why we still say it's on the radar, but there's still a long there's way to go. There's still so much work to do. There's still a long way to go. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, these conversations obviously. Or what make it happen? Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what make it happen? <laughs> that is absolutely <laughs> fabulous. Um, <coughs> I, you just yeah, you blow me away. To be fair, um, it's actually been amazing. It's really cool. Oh, well, I'm um, glad. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm, it's, a, I'm um, a massive fan of the podcast for sure. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, before we finish, uh, if there is one particular mindful technique that Mm. you know worked for you um what would that be i think my main like tip with mental health i think is 
I've touched on it multiple times, I think, throughout the conversation, but is is accepting that you have a problem mm-hmm. and not to be ashamed of it and don't feel weak at all. It really does not make you weak and to accept the help. I think that's the main thing that that I want to portray about mental health and and getting that across. There's There's no shame in taking help for mental health at all and the help with therapy and it doesn't have to be therapy or medication mm-hmm. like I've been on it can just be talking to friends or doing mindfulness and doing techniques like that and or just going out on a walk and having some time for yourself like whatever it is don't be ashamed to do it yeah um it's not really a mindful technique well I think it in a way I think it totally I totally I think it is mm. because of course it is difficult to accept that something is wrong because yeah. you think it's you and you're the problem and no one can help and yeah, that sort of thing. Exactly. But actually, acceptance it's is the first different. step to help exactly. and getting exactly. better, really. Sure. If you're constantly in denial, yeah. that is putting a blockade on yeah. you accessing or asking for help or, yeah. or, or saying that you need it, really. I think one of the main, like, what's the word? Like a, when it's a situation and you compare it to something else. Oh, I don't know what the word is. Um, I can't think of yeah. it. <laughs> anyway, I think the, the one of my things that my mum said when I was having the breakdown in Bath, she always referred to it as if you had a broken leg, you wouldn't reject having a crutch or you wouldn't mm. reject having a cast for it or you wouldn't feel ashamed for wearing a cast if you had a broken leg. Um, it would be stupid if you, <laughs> if you did. It would be. It'd just get worse. It'd just get worse. It wouldn't heal. And yeah. it's the same with mental health if you if you don't accept the help and you, you don't accept everything that's out there, it's going to take you so much longer to heal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that can obviously deteriorate further as well, of course. Exactly. And that's probably one of my best tips that is always stuck in my mind with mental health. Amazing. Yeah. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. So, thank you so much thank for coming you. on. Um, yeah, amazing. Amazing. Honestly, really is. Um, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. And um, we'll see you next time on Sully's Open Conversation. Thank you and goodbye. See you later.